Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sports. Oh, this is so good. The final frontier. These are the voices of the sinner and the saint. Did you really think that after absolutely blowing your butt out in game one? Did they blow their butt out? Yes, they blew their collective butts out to try to get that win. Oh, their weekly mission to provide hot takes. Medium takes, mild takes, to boldly go where no show has gone before. Take me to Flavortown. Luke Anderson. You're welcome. You're welcome, world. Will Darkens. I know what you're thinking. What will the butt test tell us that the (laughs) nose test didn't? The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan. The Odyssey. Math. It's just turned into a gigantic Mexican. And 1080thefan.com. Hour two. If there's anything from hour one, what are you doing with your life? Like, what, where were you? We were here. The hell were you doing? Who the hell are you? I am. There's a podcast. Don't worry. Just, yeah. just download it and listen to it later. Easy. Yeah. On the Odyssey app. The Odyssey app. If you don't have the Odyssey app, what do you do? What the hell? You can also go to Starbucks. What? Yeah, it's in the uh, bathroom of the Starbucks over on uh, over on Northwest Twenty Third. I don't think that's true. No, it is. That's true. not where podcasts come from. Well, that's where this one comes from. Mm, you go I in there. I don't think you fully understand how podcasting works. There are two stalls. No, no. You go no, into the no, left no, one. Nope, nope, nope. Here's how podcasting works. There's a hole. Nope. There's no. You get your smartphone, you insert a cassette tape into it. Yeah. It will download onto it, and then you put it in your cassette player and you play it back. It's not that hard. Okay. All right. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to find some. It's not some some chase around Portland to find some, like, odd place where somebody's crammed a podcast. Mm. You need a password or something. You Mm -hmm. need to know the hand signal or the secret handshake. Mm -hmm. Just get a cassette tape. Get a blank one. Recordable. Press record. Download it, put it in your Walkman, and you can walk around with it. It's so hard about that. I'm sorry, Luke. You know I'm new at this. You're an idiot. You're making me mad. All right. Well, you want to go to the next segment? I don't know. How do you feel? We already have to break. I know. Whatever. Whatever. What are you worried about? Well, uh, we first... were both accusing each other of having relations with a man, what? and that's what put us over. <laughs> <laughs> we both were trying to find out if either of us have had sex with a man. Do you remember that? That was the last no, segment. No, I don't, of last I don't hour. remember that. I don't think we need to pick it up. You do want to get a break. No, it was because I was trying what? to see yeah, if yeah, you were doing that yeah. on a trip in Hawaii, and then you go, well, well who I were was, you with? I lived in Hawaii. There's men all over the place. <laughs> what is going on here? All right, there are four teams playing today. That makes half of the Elite Eight. So it's confusing. The eight refers to the number of teams, not the number of games. There are two games today, four teams, two games tomorrow, four more teams. That makes eight. Your elite eight 
is Houston playing against Villanova and Arkansas playing against Duke today. We'll talk about those basketball games after. Do you want to go now? Yeah, let's take a break. Let's do that. We're way off. Try to get this thing back on the rails a little bit. Should we? Sure. All right. Next, we'll talk uh, today's Elite Day games. Center and Saint Anthony event. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. Fan text line 503-250-1080. Deal says, I can name five of the Elite Eight. I think that makes me an avid college basketball fan. It does. I think so. At this point, this is probably the most exciting time in college basketball all year. Yeah. Duh. Yeah. Pretty obvious statement that you just made there. That well, let me put it this way: uh, Can you name a really high marquee, really high stakes game during the regular season? That's what I'm saying. No, you can't. No, I mean the Maui not Invitational. One? The Maui Invitational. I mean, I'm not even asking for one that would trump this. <laughs> I, I'm just asking for one. No, there's. I mean, Carolina. Because no one cares. Duke, Carolina. <gasps> oh wow! People, hey, people get excited about it. You asked me to name one. And I just named that. The reason I made that statement was because this is college basketball has turned into now a, a, a purely not even seasonal sporting event. It is now just a like month long sporting event. What do you mean now? It is so niche, dude. I know. Of course it is is so niche, but it's a niche of niche, but it's, it's also, what did we talk about the other day? $850 million tournament. Hey, Look, baseball still makes money off of local contracts yes, or they local, do. local yep. television contracts. And they just had a lockout. Yep. So. I, Question you know, for you. Question for you. Okay. I, love the, I love this game. Live, live events are back. Uh, AT&T Center in San Antonio, Texas hosts yeah. Houston and Villanova. All right. What do you think it costs for a ticket to get into that game? Ooh. Uh, Houston and Villanova. Hmm. Ticket price. Now, are you giving me the cheapest ticket? Yes. I'm the guessing. Tickets as low as. Uh, I blank. would say 80 bucks. $48. Okay. $48. $48. Miami is playing Kansas. They are playing in Chicago at the United Center. Mm-hmm. What do you think it costs for a ticket there? I will go $80 again. It is $60. Getting closer. Okay, that is your baseline. <laughs> That's your baseline. Okay, forty-eight to watch uh, Houston, who's an in-state team, but uh, San Antonio is a bit of a yaunt, mm-hmm. and uh, a team that's won the tournament twice in the last five years. Villanova, Jay Wright, one of the best coaches. Calvin Sampson, also worth the price of admission. You got Miami and Kansas, only one seed left. That's fifty-eight, sixty dollars. Now, here's my question for you: Which of the other two games do you think has a higher price ticket? Coach K on his farewell tour and they're playing in San Francisco 
They were playing uh, basketball against Arkansas. You may know that. I do know that. Or playing in Philadelphia, St. Peter's against North Carolina. Which one has a more expensive ticket? I will pick the St. Peter's game. What do you think it costs? 60 bucks to watch Miami and Kansas. Let's go, baby. Third time. 80 bucks. $229. I don't, I don't, I just, I, 173 to watch Duke at the Chase Center in San Francisco. Yeah, man. See, again, this is what feeds into everything that's college basketball. It's the Cinderella. It's the narrative. I mean, you have, you have Duke and Coach K on his farewell tour. That's, that's pulling a nice little ticket price. They're playing in San Francisco. Uh, it's an expensive city. Go down there, the Chase Center. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, it's all. But, but see, there this are, is but it, there are storylines that drive it through. It, but exactly what you're saying. It's the it is the Cinderella. That's this is the the one, and it's the one sport too that has a Cinderella. I don't think Cinderellas exist in true form in any other uh, of the other major sports. I just don't. I don't see it because you're playing in series. Like, oh, this is an unbelievable run for X Y Z. NFL team. Well, they're all professionals, and really, a football game can turn very quickly on a few key plays. But in basketball, I just think it's one of those things where because it's kind of that sustained pressure of can they do it, can they do it, can they do it? Oh, my God, they just did it. Like, did you listen to any of Rop watching the uh, Kansas game yesterday? No. He's having an aneurysm on the radio. It's very fun listening. Next time he, you have Kansas in a tournament game that goes during primetime, well worth the listens because it's just guy losing his mind screaming at the TV, which is to me entertaining. Um, I would argue that the NBA has their Cinderellas. No, they don't. Yeah, they do. Who? Who? Name a Cinderella in NBA history. In NBA, NBA history, yeah. anytime? Yeah. Golden State Warriors 2007. What? They defeated the number one seeded Dallas Mavericks, who had won 68 games okay. that season and were the best team in basketball. Sure. And then what'd they do? They beat them in the first round. Yeah. that was, And then it was over. That's a Cinderella thing. Eh, it's really not. I don't. If St. Peter's gets kicked out in the Elite Eight, yeah. then you can't call them a Cinderella by that logic. Well, they need no. to go all the way. No. Well, they've won three games, which puts them into, you know, a, a smaller break. There's eight teams left, and they're one of them. And they started with 64 in this tournament. I just feel like, yes, that it's a, it's a great upset. And Baron Davis and Don Nelson. What about the Bengals? That's a Cinderella. Are you serious? Dude, a year ago, they were a laughingstock of the NFL. And it was being speculated perhaps Joe Burrow would just be infinitely injured all the time. <laughs> made it to the Super Bowl. I they had know. two insane comebacks. Where did they play? What do you mean? What they play in like a professional football stadium? Yeah, yeah. These guys play in a freaking gym that leaks without heat. It's just to me, it's just it's it's way it's it's out of nowhere. Like you had heard of the Cincinnati Bengals before. That's true. You had heard of the Golden State Warriors before. Mm -hmm. Like this is you had never heard of them. You'd been by that big beautiful house on the hill a hundred times, and you knew there was those two ugly daughters and that mean old woman. (laughs) You had no idea that up in the attic there was a beautiful woman. Just sweet and kind. Hey. Hanging out with the mice and the birds. Love mice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you on that. I, I think that it, when you give me the ticket prices, I, I feel like it affirms my belief that 
And, and I'm making this point because I feel like it's so sad that college, or college basketball has gotten to this point is that people care now more about these little niche storylines, which there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying it's something interesting. The fact that coach K's last ride, coach K, not only the greatest college basketball coach, uh, uh, of all time, yep. you could argue, you could even argue further saying the greatest basketball coach of all time Ooh. is possibly having his last game and the ticket prices to it are less than a Cinderella story. In fairness, they're playing against North Carolina, which is a blue blood program. Sure. I understand so that. Would you, would you like to see the world just explode? St. Peter's Duke final. <laughs> the world TVs would just melt and people would be yeah. screaming and lighting themselves on fire. And that would be, yeah, but it's just like, that the, would be like yeah. the college basketball wet dream. It's just, I remember a time in college basketball where you had players, stars and loaded teams. Sure. And that was what people were attracted to. And I feel like college basketball now has been kind of diluted down to betting lines and Cinderella stories. And again, I'm fine with the Cinderella story. I think it's entertaining. It's cool. But quite honestly, dude, be very honest with me. Sure. Give me the total runtime of college basketball you watched before March. Oh, before March? Like uh, seven minutes by accident? No, I, l listen. That's I, bad. No, it is. But, dude, you've got you've got little Finley Luke Darkens at home, right? Hell yeah. Yeah. Dude, do you have the same amount of time for anything that you had six months ago? A year ago. We're just getting older, my friend. Or we don't have the bandwidth to sit and watch all of the sports. How many Seahawks games did you watch last year? Uh, I, I probably watched. How much college football did you watch last year? Not that much. Okay. But you watched it. Well, I did. I did. I'm, I'm not saying that I can't get to a TV when I want to. You know what? I watched a lot of the Players' Championship the other day, and I had the kids sitting there with me watching it. The kids get excited to watch football. They'll watch basketball with me. They'll watch a Blazers game. But what I'm saying is when I was a kid, I used to watch college basketball on three screens at the same time to try to figure out my bracket, to figure it out to watch all the conference tournaments and do all that. But I didn't have any obligations. I didn't have anywhere to be, and I was doing that. I, I worked in a bar, so I always had a game on behind me. I was talking to somebody about the game that was on, so even if I missed a play, oh, look, you got to turn around check out this replay. Like, that was just my life. It was completely different. And you get to a point where, yeah, like we watch less college basketball than I ever have. But the other thing, too, is we have access to more things to watch than we ever have. Everything is on demand. So you have the choice between college basketball or literally anything else. And guess what? Anything else is what you're in the mood for at that moment. It's just all, all the viewing habits have changed and everybody's fighting for that, the, that little ounce of attention. And I mean, the point you're making right now is that college basketball is less entertaining than what's on streaming platforms. Yeah. Well, no, the argument that I'm making is that to, you know, a, the mass of people, everything's entertaining to someone different. There are still college basketball fans that live and breathe with college basketball. And there's people that have season tickets to, you know, anywhere from the Portland pilots to the Duke blue devils. There's, there's people that live and breathe with these teams, follow them, travel with them and do all of the things that, that, you know, super fans do for any other sport. But it's kind of fringe. It's it's not a mainstream thing. College football has a much bigger audience and always has 
NFL, bigger audience. If we get an, an, a Major League Baseball team in here, the way that we watch Major League Baseball will completely change. But right now, we're an NBA team with a tanking team right now. And so the NCAA tournament couldn't have come at a better time. And you get a storyline like this. It's win-win for everybody. But even if it is a fringe sport, you can still go all in on it. Sure. So, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you. If the Portland Pilots made a little bit of run, I'd get excited about college. But I'd probably, if they start winning next year, because I used to go to quite a few Pilots games. And... You know, they were never great, but man, if they start going and, and, you know, competing with St. Mary's or, you know, God forbid, try to knock Gonzaga off their mountaintop, dude, I'd be all in for it. It's awesome when your town is winning a championship. It's too bad they're done. What do you mean? For the season. Or not. Clubs. They play today. What are you talking Dang about? It. They're in the collegeinsider.com tournament. I know. I was trying to, I was trying to get into that Utah trap. Valley Central <laughs> State. A N T. You're very close. It's Southern Utah. I know. Uh, somebody on the text side pointing out a statement I made earlier about uh, Coach K being the greatest college coach of all time, pointing out John Wooden. Uh, I agree with you, as I said by statement, arguably, because Coach K does have the most wins of anyone. Yeah, well, so that puts uh, him in the conversation. There's some people that think there was a financier behind John Wooden, and you know. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I don't know that story. Oh, yeah, that there was a uh, a a. <sighs> recruiting advantage that he had that was a somewhat unfair. Oh. Just you look into it if you want to. I don't, I don't need. Okay. I don't know John Wooden. And I don't have anything against him, but uh, sounds like he might have had a little help from uh, somebody with deep pockets. Just saying. Just saying. I'm you just know, saying. Just saying. It's all scummy. It's all, everybody's a scumbag. You say you say you like somebody. I find something I don't like about him. Oh, I know. It goes by our show's. Uh, our show's motto. All right. Everyone's awful. <laughs> Especially us. Yeah. Look at this heartwarming story about this guy. Blah, 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 blah. One week later, uh, this guy did this. Yeah. <laughs> Let's all treat him as a pariah. <laughs> well, because he was. We got to just, we, everything. We got to expose everybody all the time. Well, that's kind of the world that we live in, isn't it? I know. Isn't it? How much of the Elite Eight are you going to watch today? <sighs> I'll watch a little bit of it in the background. I'm on daddy duty, so. There you go. Little background. Yeah. Little background. Even, even the stuff you want to watch, I'll put it on the background. Yeah. yeah. Listen, we're going to have. Throw the, that on. We're going to have, uh, we're going to have kids bop playing in, <laughs> in the front, so I won't hear the sound, but I'll have it, I'll have it up there. I don't, I don't think he gets kids bop yet. Oh, yeah. He's I, got this little, uh, he's got this little toy that's uh, car keys that uh, fake car keys, mind you. Oh, he didn't just give yeah. They are not the keys. I just give, I just give my keys. Yeah. Uh, the car's unlocking constantly. They play a song. And oh, he loves yeah. it. Yeah. Well, you know why? Kids are stupid. I didn't know. How anybody. dare you? What? Oh, My is he brilliant? Genius. You know, he knows that they go with the fake car that we have for him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The other day, he actually put a tube, one of those little uh, wacky tubes that go in and out, the the extendable and retractable tubes sure. that you give to kids. He put yeah. it in his mouth, and he burped in it. And it made a hilarious noise. And he started laughing his head off. He's brilliant. He's a, he's a, he is a visionary. Yes. There's no question about it. All right, let's get back into stuff and things after this Sports Center update. Oh, my life, I've been 
searching for something, something never comes, never leads to nothing, nothing satisfies, but I'm getting close, closer to the prize at the end of the rope. The Sinner and the Saint Tailgate with Luke Anderson and Will Darkins on 1080 The Fan. Looking back at the 1996 McDonald's All-American roster. Oh, yeah. Dude, lay that on me. Yeah? Got uh, got Tim Thomas, former NBA basketball player, played for Villanova. Steven yeah. Jackson. You know Steven Jackson. Damn. What was that, 96? 96. Damn. Jermaine O'Neal. Steven Jackson played a while, huh? Yeah, he did. He definitely did. Uh, there was uh, Rip Hamilton. Oh, Rip. Kid named Kobe Bryant on the west side of the roster. Their point guard, Shaheen Holloway, head coach of your St. Peter's Peacocks. On the other side of it, Mike Bibby, Mateen Cleaves, Jason Collier, Big names in that. You know who your MVP of that game was? Five foot ten, 171 pounds from St. Patrick's High School, went to Seton Hall, Shaheen Holloway. Aw. Yeah. Isn't that the same thing as like when um, Sean McVay won like player of the year in Georgia? That's, but, th- but see, those are in high school. Yeah, but those are those are great things that just. All of these things that come out of nowhere at us in the world. Yeah. Like, this dude's been working. Like, I was looking at it because my brother and I were talking about this yesterday. He's like, dude, you know that guy won the, the MVP over Kobe in the McDonald's All- All-American game? Like, yeah. Oh, so one game he played better than Kobe. Like, Kobe ended up obviously going on to do great things. But there's a lot of these guys that were playing in that game that, you know, had those same aspirations, didn't quite make it. Gene Holloway went to Seton Hall. His senior year, they made it to the Sweet 16. He got an ankle injury, and then he bounced around, you know, small secondary leagues in the U.S. and traveled around Europe, played in, I think, seven different countries, and then got into coaching. And he always wanted to go to Seton Hall. He was the top point guard. He or or Mike Bibby were back and forth for the best point guard in the country, and he's being recruited by everybody, but he wanted to stay home and go to Seton Hall. Uh, And now it looks like there's an opportunity for him to go back to Seton Hall, but the guy's been working behind the scenes for a very long time. He started with, uh, you know, St. Peter's in 2018 and wanted to get his ch- chance to be a head coach and prove what he could do. And then, you know, every once in a while it pops, but then you go back and you look at it and it's like, that was his first day in basketball. You guys didn't literally come out of nowhere. Do you know now about Mike Bibby that he's like ripped? He's like super ripped. Yeah, like he's steroid like a, rip. He's like uh, <laughs> Dave Chappelle and uh, and Dr. Dre ripped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very that, weird. Like, you like don't see them for a while, and you're like, wait, <laughs> when did he get ripped? Why did he have to do that? Like, why did at the end of his playing career he went? You know what? Now I'm gonna get ripped. <laughs> well, what do you mean? Like, well. I mean, it's not really the physique that you carry into the NBA. Right. So why did you decide that in your retirement you needed to do that? Like, what message were you trying to convey to other people that you didn't convey already as an NBA basketball player? Might I add, one of the better NBA basketball players for more than a decade that you said to yourself, you know what? I'll show them. I'll get insanely ripped. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's that. I think it's that the obsession that it takes to become one of the greats in any field requires some amount of obsession 
So he was obsessed to have the largest chest of all time. No, I think I think he lost basketball and went, I need to do something, started lifting weights and go, you know, this looks pretty good. <laughs> and then he kept lifting weights and now he's like, ah, I probably went too far. <laughs> Damn it. Needed a spotter. I mean, he, he looks weird, but he doesn't look Sammy Sosa weird. I think he looks weird because of what we expected from Mike Bibby. Like this happens with people who get ripped after we've seen them in, you know, one way. Now you make a very good point with Sammy Sosa. Sammy Sosa is the strangest and just weirdest post-athlete transition. He is. Is he? Yes, dude. Nobody rivals Uh, Sammy Sosa in post-athlete transition. I'm going to have to, I'm going to pull the list here. There's got to be somebody that just went completely. I mean, Sammy Sosa has gone bonkers. Um, trying to think now. Yeah, I mean, he might just be the worst, but who else has had some of these, like, like the guy, the, the one that always gets me, and it's not a bad thing, but, like, Joe Thomas retired and lost, like, two people. Yeah. He lost, like, 200 pounds, and all of a sudden it's, like, skinny Joe Thomas. I don't want to go back and play. It's like a working stiff. And nobody's going to call me. But, yeah, I mean, that th- those end up being positive transitions. But, yeah, I'm trying to think of somebody else that just, like, left the league, and then you see them, and you kind of go, hey. I would say Dennis Rodman makes that list. And but he was weird while he was playing. Right, yes. And so to go off of that, Dennis Rodman went from, like, eccentric weird to, like, sad weird. And I guess we should have expected that, but, like, now instead of, like, having the colored hair and tattoos and it, like, it's, you know, it kind of looks, uh, you know, fun and eclectic, it's, like, now it's, like, he, he wears sunglasses all the time. He has a a uh, very pronounced uh, folded bill hat on most of the time. And yeah. he just looks kind of grungy. Yeah. I it's think, no longer I think, fun. I, well, yeah, but I think when he started uh, going and trying to be a uh, North Korean diplomat, that, that's when things got weird. But yeah, no, I mean, his look has always been off the charts bizarre, which is great. Dennis Rodman has, Dennis Rodman didn't have a metamorphosis. He has, he has a gradual uh, decline, which we all have. And we're going to get older at some point, Will. No, we're not. Yes. Just, I'm not. Just trust. But this is just a weird guy getting older. But yeah, the, the total transformations are the ones where it's like, have you seen that, dude? Wait, what? Now, to blunt the eventual text we'll most likely get about uh, Caitlyn Jenner, I would say that that is a oh, life sh- choice. Sh- oh, dude, I'm already expecting it. <laughs> it's the onslaught of... Yeah. It's, no. I mean, there you go. that is a life choice I think somebody made to uh, live in their own skin. Now, that could be the case, say, with like Mike Bibby, could where be he was like, I've Sammy always Sosa. wanted to be a meathead. Yeah. This is where I feel most comfortable. Well, yeah. I mean, you could say that, yeah, anybody that makes a radical change to their look, they just look in the mirror and don't like what they see, and they go out and make a change. So, yeah, um, the, the the other guy that had the uh, Rodman thing was uh, Birdman, Chris Anderson. Uh, yeah, I remember Birdman. Chris yeah. Anderson had that where he was just going to keep getting tattooed, and he got a lot bigger, too, at the end of his career. Like, you look at the Chris Anderson that started in the league, he has, like, a tattoo, and he's kind of a rail, and then he was just... Cause that guy's huge now. If you look at him, oh, I mean, really? he's yeah, like he's fat or no ripped. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. He he has the same kind of muscle man thing, but he's he's got the giant beard. But he was kind of getting bigger at the end of his career, so it wasn't a like now you see me like this, and next time I see you, I'm gonna look totally different. But yeah, he's he's You're one not seeing any current photos. Yeah, he's still around. I think he was doing big three stuff. Maybe uh, I think so. Um, yeah. Why do we know why Sammy Sosa's white now? I 
Is there like an answer to that? He, like, can I Google it? And then it's yeah. like, yeah, it's because of this. Yeah, he used like treatments to make his skin lighter. Right, but like, why? <laughs> I know the how. Well, didn't you just say maybe, maybe he didn't like the way he looked and, you know, he wanted to live in the skin that he felt more comfortable in? So, why? Couldn't tell you. Is Sammy Sosa white? Yeah, but I don't think he's ever given that. Uh, it's, all right, here we go. I got an answer. He said he's been using what he calls a skin bleaching cream yeah. since at least 2009. Yeah. It's a bleaching cream that I apply before I go to bed. Yeah, that's that. That's that doesn't explain. That's how. I told you. I know <laughs> the how. The why, I'm sure, is a very complex, uh, intricate delve into the psyche of a man that uh, could hit baseballs far with uh, the help of steroids and cork bats. Uh, these people, they sometimes criticize me. They don't know me. They don't put food on my table and they don't pay my bills. Yeah. I don't pay his bills. That's, I don't, I've never paid. I've never paid a single bill for Sammy Sosa. That you know of. Nope. Did you ever go to a Cub game? Nope. All right. Then I guess you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way oh, I no. can. <laughs> Wait, I think I got a cable package with WGN. Ah! Got you. Uh, that's son of a. All right. Uh, what to watch next? Center and Saint. 1080 the fan. Which is the most exciting matchup in the field of competition? Which game will leave you kicking yourself if you miss it? Which channel should you switch to when the sporting day is done? Welcome to America's most exciting sports talk radio show segment. It's time for What to Watch. Presented by Encore Audio Video. Now hear this. Whether you're looking for a new TV or a custom home theater, start at Encore's showroom at 14th and Everett in the Pearl. Now our expert panel, avid television viewer Will Darkins. And increasingly out-of-touch father of twin girls, Luke Anderson. Are here to tell you what to watch. Literally. It's what to watch on The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. All right, Will, two games today to choose from. These are basketball games. You have Houston, who seems to be regarded as the best team left in the tournament somehow as a five seed. They're sneaky good, dude. Well, they're not... It's not that sneaky when they're being regarded as the best team left in the tournament. Playing two-seed Villanova. Well, the reason I say sneaky good is because before this, they were disregarded. Like, nobody really had Houston going this far. But now that they're here, they're well-regarded. It's funny how, the, funny how the tournament tables change things. But here you have Houston, Villanova. The other game you have today, Arkansas taking on Duke. Duke. <laughs> What are you watching for in these two games? Uh, man, is this going to be Coach K's last ride for real? Think Arkansas has a chance to take them out? They just took out the number one overall seed. Number two, we're coming for you. Oh, man. I really want to see it. I want to see the Duke NC UNC. Oh, do you? National title. Yeah. No, you don't. You want to yeah, see do. Duke St. Peter's? No, not really. Oh, really? Yeah. What? I don't know. Of course you do. I want to see the Duke-UNC thing. There'll be Duke-UNC more... would be insane. Yeah, I mean, The only thing be... that would be better is St. Peter's, but then they'd have to win one more game after this, but they could be playing. Can you think Miami. of the celebrity sightings? 
Oh, dude, it would be. I mean, it Duke would, UNC would bring out everybody. Yeah. Obama, and, and Jordan, dude. Tyler Hansborough. Dude. They might they might have to move the venue to like just uh, like I don't even know where the, the where is the final four this year. It better uh, be if it's not in a football stadium. I'm sure it is. Final four this year, 2022. Boom. Enter. Uh, it says all times are Pacific. Thank you. That's super helpful. <laughs> I love that you read that. That's all it says. <laughs> It says TBD, 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 all times are Pacific. It looks like New Orleans. It's in the Superdome. Oh. So yeah, that'll hold enough, right? Yep, that'll be greatness. Superdome's like 110 or something? Yeah. Somewhere around there? Uh, no, I don't think it's that. Or is it under 100? Uh, let's see. Now let me check and see how many people are in the Superdome. Jeez. I know. Well, because I think the largest stadium in the United States for any sport is Michigan, right? The big house? It's like oh, 130? Oh, yeah, that sounds right. Largest state. I love how this show at the end has just become Googler. <laughs> hey, listen, Googler's a good show. Googler is great. <gasps> Who's going to get the answer first? Yeah. It's Michigan. 74,900. I'm 295 people. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Not that huge, but That's pretty big. that is that is the capacity for football. You can get all those four seats around it, too. So. I see. Yeah, so I don't know for basketball. It should be more, you would think, right? I guess. Well, because uh, you don't need the whole 100-yard field. What are you looking for in this game, Luke? What are the keys to the game? Uh, I just want to see if uh, you'll have as much aggression out of uh, out of Arkansas. I mean, everybody, ah, oh, you know, you play in the WCC conference and you just not, you're not ready for a team to be that physical and aggressive. Eric Musselman and the Arizona Razorbacks, they just go out there and they manhandle them. It just shows once again that a team from the West Coast and Gonzaga is soft year after year. They just can't get the muscle to hang with the big boys. They get in there they play a team from a real basketball conference who has to go nose to nose with Kentucky on a regular basis and they just manhandle them. Arkansas is going to go out and play the same type of basketball that they played against Gonzaga. Is it going to be enough to disrupt a team that did not miss a shot in the last eight and a half minutes against Texas Tech? So can Duke stay hot? Can uh, can Arkansas and their defense? Because that's really what Arkansas wants to do is they want to disrupt you with their physicality on defense. And they don't want to just do it to Gonzaga. They want to do it to everybody. This is their second straight Elite Eight. Can they get over the hump and do that? Also, I want to see if Houston is uh, as good as they're uh, being touted as. Because Villanova is a team, uh, certainly with a coach that's been here a lot before. So, Jay Wright, I think, knows how to coach in the tournament. Remember Jay Wright when they uh, hit the game winner and he just, like, turned around? Dude, Jay Wright's the man. Dude, that he guy, just saw it and was like, yep. <laughs> everybody, that, everybody that doesn't like uh, Coach K, like, is, like, Coach K, eh. Why does why do people hate Coach K so much? I don't know. Is it just Duke? Is it by it's association? Part of the, I think it's part of part of that. Because he's not really an a hole or anything. No, at least from what I've seen. Well, a lot of people around here hate him because he was upset with Dylan Brooks shooting that three pointer. Um, Went give him a talking to. I, you need to be better than that. I can't believe he talked to do one that. of my guys about ruined he, his life. He just thinks that yeah, he knows everything about basketball. So there's there's some duck hate locally. Uh, for yes. that, which I, I've heard, and I'm just like, oh. Yeah, man. Because you know what? That's actually kind of rare that, uh, you know, Oregon Duck fans would hold on to something <laughs> meaningless. Some you mean, meaningless you mean grudge. Pacific Northwest sports fans? 
Some weird, meaningless grudge. That doesn't sound like Duck Fan. No, no, no. Not at all. And I'm sure beavers have none of those. <laughs> what is there, too? We get our ass kicked and everything. Whoa! Well, what's the grudge? Uh, Should have won, won four <laughs> oh, baseball man. championships. We should have made that, like, <laughs> 10 points defeat. Not 30. Hey, you guys were in the Elite Eight last year. We were in the Elite Eight last year. And you, you, wanted, know, and you wanted spectacular three games this year. I got to tell you, man. That is one of the weirder situations in sports right now is Wayne Tinkle on that team. Oh, boy. Yeah, with a six-year extension. Yeah. It's like you can't fire him, but, boy, it it might help some things if you did. Cause this, now, that is uh, not to say that there were other factors at play. Now, COVID ravaged them and centered injury, but l- yeah. winning only three games is not a excuse Going from the that. Elite Eight. Yeah, two three wins. Yeah. That's, that's that's one of the more spectacular turnarounds in the wrong direction ever. That's a bit unacceptable. I now, agree. Hey, if he goes from three wins back to the elite eight, does he get credit for that, or do they go? He went to two elite eights and three. You're like this is what we expect. <laughs> Just forget about the one year. Well, you remember we uh, kept Craig Robinson on long enough to get his sister to speak at my graduation. Yeah, and we fired him. That was worth it. It was awesome. (laughs) All right, everybody. uh, Enjoy the Elite Eight. Go Peacocks. Uh, I know that you want UNC. UNC Duke would be, I guess, the second best. But, dude, if the Peacocks make it and are playing against Coach K in the final, dude, TVs and heads across the country may just explode. But whatever happens, it'll be fun. Have a great weekend. We're done. Bye-bye. And that's the final word. You must always face the curtain with a bat. Code Red! Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.